This is Athenia, giving voice to the people who make Athens, Georgia, the unique, weird, and wonderful place we call home. So how's this for an Athens origin story? It was the end of summer. I think it was 2012 and I was living in Tallahassee, Florida because that's where I was going to school. It was a few days before the beginning of the semester and I decided to go to a house show by myself. As someone with extreme shyness, I normally wouldn't do this, but I had a really good reason. My favorite musician, Madeline, was playing and I refused to miss maybe my one chance to see her. The show was at a place called the Charles Mansion. It was an old, decrepit house, kind of tucked away in town, where a bunch of art students lived and turned into this really cool creative space. I remember walking in and realizing someone had cut out a landscape scene into the peeling wallpaper. The dining room was rainbow painted, it had a unicorn head, and the stage area, which was pretty much just like their living room, I had a entire, the entire back wall was full of VHS tapes. The Moths opened up the show and then Madeline played and it was amazing and everything I could have hoped for. After the show, I completely geeked out. I bought a vinyl record, even though I didn't have a record player <laughs> and I had her sign it. I think there's even a grainy photo of us in a digital camera somewhere in my dad's house. I was determined to become her best friend, Uh, so we talked for a little bit, and I brought up how I was graduating this coming year and had no idea of what what I was going to do afterwards. At the time, I was dating someone that was going to grad school at UGA, so I was thinking of maybe going to Athens, but I studied writing, and it seemed like maybe I should move to New York City because that seemed like the writerly thing to do. I really I really had no idea. Now, I didn't know that Madeline was actually from Athens, so she just started talking about what an amazing place it was and about the community of musicians and artists and just great people that lived there. And just the way that she was talking about it, I knew that there was something special there. Well, less than a year later, I was officially living in Athens and it was the best decision I've ever made. I fell in love with the place immediately. After years of moving around, I finally found a place I can call home. And I started to think, well, what makes a place a home? How does a girl from Puerto Rico find her place in a small southern town? In this episode of Athenia, I'll talk to some friends about what home means to them. I've been saying for a while that I really want to get a flock of guineas and set them out in normal town and like not claim that they're mine, although now I'm saying it so everyone will know. I mean, this is off the record. Right? This is off the record. This is not This will not be. This will not be me saying I'm setting loose guineas in normal town. If anyone ever does it, you'll know who did it. I know, I won't tell. No, because I was just like for insect control, but they're really, and they span a pretty wide area. 
so they're kind of just like a wild flock of birds that are just really freaking loud. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> that is what normal sounds missing. Yes, I, that's absolutely. We need somewhere. We need a flock is. of yeah. guineas and a flock of peacocks. Yeah, we already have lovers. We need to get like something better. <laughs> that's my friend Caroline. She lives in a 1977 Airstream Sovereign, nestled in a friend's backyard next to a vegetable garden and some very fuzzy chickens. So how long have you, how long have you been living here? I have lived here since June of last year. Oh, so wow. do the math on that. Oh my gosh, so it has what, like eight months? Nine months? Yeah, nine months. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. a baby. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that weird time where I'm like, I just moved in, but then I feel like I've been here forever. So. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And how did you, yeah, get into the Airstream game? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. How did I get into that game? Yeah. How did, what um, made you decide to, to move? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's see. <laughs> That's a long story. I've actually wanted an Airstream for years. Like, I have stalked them online. I, like, follow all the Airstream for sale classifieds for oh, years. Yeah. That's oh, what yeah. I, see that I do for list. fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's my form of entertainment. So, but then I kind of was going through some major life changes, like I was going through a divorce and selling my house, and it just all came together right at the exact time to make that happen, where like I just like found the right airstream, and I wanted a 31 foot, which is what this is. And, and I wanted one that was like livable and not going to take me two or three years to renovate because mm -hmm. I wanted to just like jump in and and obviously I'm renovating but I can still live here while yeah, I yeah. do it. So yeah so it's just like it was just this like it kind of was magic like I just like yeah. found it right when all of this personal stuff was going on and and yeah then I bought it and, and moved into it. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads me to how did you get into this hidden little spot here? I posted on the internet, um, in one of my parenting groups, I just, I was reaching out for, like, just, like, feeling out, like, people, you know, where people might be living mm -hmm. in non-traditional spaces in Athens and how that works and, you know, like, regulations around that. And, and so, like, I was putting out just a, a very blanket question about any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the next day, Sarah messaged me and was like, hey, like, living communally is something I've really wanted to do for a long time. We would love to talk about seeing if we could work that out. And I was like, are you kidding me? Because I wanted to live in this area. It all came together. This is, like, the same weekend that I found the Airstream. Wow. And, yeah, and also, like, the same week that I split up with my ex-husband of 11 years. So it was, like, one crazy week of, like... Yeah, going to therapy, mm -hmm. <laughs> asking weird questions about life, splitting up with my ex, finding this, and then her messaging me and being like, hey, come live with us. Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy um, how sometimes the universe has your back? Yeah, right? exactly. Like, I really felt like I could view that week as, like, my entire life falling apart, but, like, really it was an entirely new life coming together. And in a totally, like, crazy way. My mom actually uses that expression. She, you know, when I, like, will call her and be, like, upset about something or being, like, why, why is this happening or all this crazy stuff's going on, she always says that exact expression. She's like, the universe has your back. And I, my <laughs> joke is, is that <laughs> I'll be like, mom, the universe is out to get me. <laughs> I mean, true. That is, like, half right, full. Right, right, yeah. By all means. Right. I do think it's also but, out to get us. 
I agree. It is out to get me. But but it's it's kind of like those Sour Patch Kid commercials. (laughs) I think that's the universe. Right? I think the universe is a bag full of Sour Patch Kids. There you go. You you never know what you're going to get. And also, it's kind of how you view it. But but yeah, so my mom and I laugh about it a lot. What has been your favorite part about living here so oh man and like, you can have lots of parts lot, yeah <laughs> gosh that's hard to say like the airstream or like here like it's just like Ooh, all of it yeah all, yeah, all, all of, of it, it. Yeah. specifically the airstream I mean I love well one thing I absolutely love about the airstream is when it rains like it is just the best sound in the entire world it, is, it doesn't matter how I'm feeling if I'm laying in my bed with my favorite blanket and like listening to the rain it's best ever. I seriously love that. Yeah. The first house that I ever owned had a tin roof. And so it's like that times 10. It's just, it's pretty magical. I also just like, can't believe what community I have living here. Like my neighbors are all incredible people. I love every single one of them. I never have to, you know, I never wonder whether I can get an egg from someone or, I mean, I'm the one with chickens, they should be getting eggs from me, but, but yeah, like, yeah, like, everyone's always here for me, and I, like, kind of can't believe that. It's crazy. So, one of the things I was thinking about when I was thinking about questions to ask you is that I feel like at my point in my life, I'm getting more things. I feel right. like each accumulation place, of stuff. I'm accumulating some more stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I'm just like, now I have, I have a coffee table, girl. Like, I'm that person. I have uh-huh. a coffee table. I have, uh-huh. like, chairs. I have a dresser. Yeah. I have an actual bed that I really like. And I feel like you kind of had to do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's an interesting experience. Yeah, like, I bought my first house when I was 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely was on that path of, like, and I, like, mm-hmm. I like decor. I like thinking about the aesthetic yes, of places. I like yes. thinking about how spaces make me feel. And, yeah. So, I had been on this path of, like, sort of accumulating stuff. I have always been a... I think the opposite of a hoarder is a compulsive purger. Like, I, like, compulsively purge stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I I get overwhelmed by stuff really easily and always mm-hmm. have. I think it's probably... Probably has to do with my ADD, but, <laughs> but yeah, so stuff super overwhelms me, and so I've always been very intentional about what I've had, and, but having a house, having space, like, you're gonna fill that space with something. Luckily, most of it was, for me, is, like, kitchen items and books. Like, those are my two things. <laughs> Lots of kitchen items and books. Was there anything that you were, like, I am not giving this up. Like, do you ever notice that? I feel like when I move, I my my thing that I, I will never, ever give up is my instruments and my books. Yeah. Everything else is negotiable. Right? <laughs> my books and my instruments, even my cello who I, that I play like once a year, I'm like, I am not never, getting, I'm never getting rid of never this cello. I've had it since I was cello. 13 years old. I'm not giving up this cello. So I think so, I wouldn't yeah. be able to have a cello. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cellos yeah, yeah. might be out. Yeah. Might get a ukulele. I think I'm. That's that's what I'll stick to. Mm-hmm. I think some of my kitchen. I love to cook, and like even having a teeny tiny kitchen, that is not something that's changed. Yeah. So some of my kitchen items, even even like little things, like my garlic press. It's just like you know what? <laughs> I actually can't imagine life without a garlic press. When I go cook in one of the neighbors' kitchens, I bring my garlic press with me. <laughs> 
<laughs> so there, there's definitely, definitely a few things like that. But really, everything else I view as pretty disposable. I had my ex and I together had six, nine foot bookshelves full of books, like wall to wall. They were gorgeous, and we both are huge readers and love books. And that, I have decided that I do want to have some books. So I've started making a little stack of books in there. I definitely am going to get some more of my books back. <laughs> but my thought process was kind of along the lines of like, well, we have libraries and then you're not spending, you know, a lot of money. Oh, talking about things that you can't live without. How has it been like being a single mom of four kids? In, in, a a, in a small space. small space, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because I think it makes it easier in a way because having less stuff, a smaller space to keep up, I feel significantly less overwhelmed and responsible for upkeep of... Because I'm just, I'm just not interested in spending my life taking care of things. Like, I want to take care of the things I have. I want the things I have to last forever. <laughs> but... That is not what my life is going to be about, is having more and more stuff to take care of and accumulating more and more stuff. Like, I want, I would always choose to go hiking over cleaning my house or going to a museum or, you know what, sitting in my swimsuit in the backyard and reading a book. Like, I would always rather do that than clean. So, um, and I want my kids to, you know, like, learn to take care of things, but also that that's not what life's all about. So... Yeah, so it's been really freeing in a way, being in a small space. Having four kids in a small space can be a lot sometimes, but most of the time it's fine. The majority of the time. Yeah. I really the only time is like, if there's like four rainy days in a row, that's pushing it. But mm -hmm. you know what? That was pushing it in my big house too, so... Yeah. yeah, I think it might just have to do with having four kids on a rainy day. Yeah. <laughs> One of the great parts about downsizing and living in Airstream back here and being in this spot is a large part of the living is outside. Absolutely. Which, yeah. Is, I guess I didn't so really I guess think I have about a really large here. living space. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, how's yeah. that been like? You actually have a ton of space. Exactly. Actually. I mean, the entire world. Like. Yeah, no, <laughs> right? Kind yeah, of, like yeah. living in the entire world. I can't imagine life without my picnic table. I just recently got it, and that was huge as far as being able to eat outside. So we eat, even, I mean, pretty much regardless of the weather, unless it's raining, we eat outside. We have the fire pit. We sit around the fire when it's cold. We have spent so many nights when it's dark just, like, sitting and talking. Like, me and the kids and I um, have had some great conversations. It's really fun and cool. Yeah, go for walks, walk into town. <laughs> I used to say when I, I stayed home with my kids that I wasn't a stay-at-home mom, that I was a stay-outside mom. And, and I still kind of feel that way even though, uh, <laughs> even though I'm not a stay-at-home parent. But, yeah, I'm outside. I live outside. I've always been that way, so it made sense for me. It wasn't like, oh, living in a small space forced me outside so mm -hmm. much as, like, I want to be outside, so living in a small space works pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> When did the uh, when did the chickens come in? The chickens, <laughs> yes, my chickens. Uh, <laughs> I get, I've had them maybe six months. My kids ask me every single day, and I'm kind of a pushover. <laughs> 
they're pretty determined. They were like, we, you said we could get chickens. I was like, I did say that one day. Okay, all right, we'll go get chickens. So, yeah, I've had chickens before, so it wasn't too crazy. They're super sweet. I love my chickens. They're great. <laughs> they make a very interesting noise while I was over there. Were they clacking? Like, well, it kind of sounds like they're gasping for air. <laughs> you know, it's almost like a Japanese horror film. They're just kind of like, like that. I'm just like, okay. Right. That's yeah. your noise. That's There's fine. not the balking that people think they do. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, yeah, not really accurate. Also, our um, our rooster, who we will be rehoming since we are not supposed to have roosters, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he kind of sounds like he has laryngitis. Because he's like a teenage rooster, his voice cracks, you know. Oh, that's so so funny. it's pretty hilarious. I, he's I still still learning to crow. It's pretty cute. Still learning, still growing. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, do you have a uh, a favorite spot? A favorite spot? Yeah, yeah. Either in the airstream or in this like wow area. That's a good question. I really love around my table. I love sitting around the table. Like I feel like the kitchen table in general is just like the center to the home, and so that's definitely my favorite spot. It's where like we sit around to eat. It's where we sit around to play games, and yeah, I like that spot. And there's so many windows. The sun comes in, feels really warm, cozy. I like this spot a lot. I also sit outside in my hammock or in my chair, listen to the wind chimes. <laughs> It's pretty great. It's pretty great. You're asking me to choose one. <laughs> so I guess my last question is, yeah, so what does home mean to you? What does home mean? That's such a great question. So it's interesting because, one, sometimes people say, I was thinking about this this morning, is like sometimes people say, like, home is, like, where you're with the people you love, which I think is not a bad thought at all, mm -hmm. but also, like, my home is my home even when I'm by myself. <laughs> like, I don't need other people to make it home. Like, I'm making it home. Um, and it's not about the stuff necessarily. So I think it must be, like, a feeling that you have of, like, comfortability. That, yeah. Yeah, that it's not, yeah, it's not by made by stuff, but just, like, that feeling. Where, you, where can you breathe at? I thought about what Caroline said about home not necessarily being the place where you're with your family or closest to the people that you love, because that has definitely been my experience. I'm really close with my family and I love them dearly, but most of them live in either Puerto Rico or Spain. And while I love those places very much, I have somehow found myself most comfortable and most at home in this strange southern town that I have found myself in. And I'm racking my brain and I wonder why that is. So I decided to talk to someone, one of my dearest, closest friends, who knows a little something about living far away from family. He also just so happens to be my dad. Hey, Dad. crazy. It's okay. All right. Are you in a good spot? Yes. Yes, I am. How is the noise level? Is that, are you getting a lot of noise? 
He sounds good. Okay, Lucas says it sounds good. He's the tech. <laughs> okay, fantastic. So remind me again, what is the interview about so I can start getting into the mood? So this theme is talking about home and what home means to different people. Okay, yes. Uh, my name is Carmichael Guzman Duran. Well, for me, and, and the meaning of home changes uh, depending on your in situations. For example, uh, when I have your girls, for me, home was whenever we were able to have a better future. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, whatever city or state or country that will offer uh, my family the best quality of life and education for your girls and then uh, hope for the future, that for me was home because that was my priority. Uh, uh, before that, home was uh, where the family was and the friends were. Uh, uh, even though I was in Puerto Rico because I was on the boarding school, well, my home was that little town where the boarding school was was at in Umacao, which is a really small town. Uh, 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 all the guys on the boarding school they came from other parts of the island so mm-hmm. uh, through those six years home was that little place in and that little town uh, on our school but once everybody graduates then you have to make your home uh, whatever college takes you and an opportunity takes you to um, let me see I had some questions written out oh well oh yeah well Let's see. Well, you already lived in the States for a bit before we all moved back as a family. But what was what was that experience like then when you were returning to the States, but this time with two young kids who didn't know English very well? <laughs> well, um, it, 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 it was exciting. It, well, it, as always, you always whenever you move to a new place, uh, you're always nervous uh, when we first. Uh, moved from Puerto Rico to uh, to uh, first Miramar and then Weston. Mm-hmm. We didn't know anything a- anything about it or anyone. We just knew what was reported on some uh, real estate uh, uh, magazines and showed the best places to live. Mm-hmm. And we usually will will use that information to determine where where to move. You know, good schools, good quality of life, low crime. Uh, and then once you're settled there, then you make it home. You know, you, you, you bring things to the house and, that makes everyone comfortable and, and you start meeting people. And, and little by little, that place becomes home. The same happened to us when we moved to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, we didn't know anything anything about Chapel Hill. We didn't know anyone about Chapel Hill. I just got a job there. I only went once with your mother, and we drove uh, between Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill. We saw like 50 different neighborhoods and homes. Uh, and at the end, we we decided to settle in, in Chapel Hill because even though it was the farthest from work, was the place that we felt offer the things and the experiences that we were looking for. You know, if we were going to move to North Carolina, we didn't want to move to a big city and, and your regular neighborhood. 
Uh, and and Chapel Hill was completely opposite to to Florida. You know, Florida was a, a big city, uh, uh, one of those uh, uh, Me Too uh, neighborhood where all the houses look the same. Oh yeah, uh, Chapel Hill was completely different. We have horses on the backyard, kids playing the outside all day long, like it's supposed to be. Oh yeah. Uh, there was so, snow. We had a blizzard or a snow, sorry, an yes. ice storm that first ice year. Ice storm a couple of times, yes. Yeah. So cool. We saw and we deer. met at home. We make very good friends there. Uh, you know, it, it, so home, it might not be home from the beginning, but little by little, uh, you make it home. That's true. Yeah, we always joke that um, every Puerto Rican home has like five specific things. You know, so it's like, so what is it? The first thing is like, there has to be at least three um, Reyes Magos uh, figurines somewhere. Oh, yes. So yes, there's the that. The three kings or the three white men, they have to be, uh, you have to either have a, a picture or or a figure. Uh, usually in Puerto Rico, uh, they're made out of wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone has, uh, yes, <laughs> definitely three kings are very important in our culture. Very important. So what? And what's the other one? It's like a poster, usually from like 1994 of the. Is it San Sebastian? Yes, the what? San Sebastian uh, celebration, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, it's San Sebastian is the saint of San Juan. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so it, there's always a big celebration. So they made these different posters of of that celebration. Another thing that every Puerto Rican home has is uh, a painting of the countryside, what Puerto Rico used to be <laughs> back in the 40s, where you have the the wood house with a sink uh, 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 roof, mm-hmm. uh, aluminum roof. Yeah, and I was then just about right to say. beside that, you have the, the 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 national tree of Puerto Rico, which in Puerto Rico is called the flamboyant, which if you translate directly means flamboyant uh, uh, because the tree is like that. When you get the flowers, it's really red and yellow. So it's like it, it, it's trying to, to, to it's very flamboyant. It's trying to, to call your attention. Uh, and right now, I can't remember the name in English. I can't remember the uh, name in English either. And I had it in my mind, but if I remember, uh, I'll, I'll let you know later. But yeah. yes, everybody has a, a painting. Always. A painting, of the yeah, the countryside, the or or the beach with a sailboat. <laughs> yes, there's yes. always, and then around Christmas time, or maybe not around Christmas time, just all year round. There's always some kind of a nativity scene, or yes. um, or even just a a porcelain baby Jesus just hanging around somewhere with the fa- family photos. Yes, I feel like <laughs> yes. And the other two things that are always in Puerto Rican homes is a pilon, mm-hmm. a mortar, yep, and also uh, to make tostones. Oh yeah, like that. Um, to to flat the you, plantain. Yeah, how so would you, you describe it? Yeah, it's just like this wooden. It's two pieces of wood. Yeah. Uh, that are tied together, and then you put the plantain in the middle, and then you squeeze it and flatten it so it's really thin. And then you fry it. I know. So good. But yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Every single Puerto Rican kitchen has that. I think I even have that. (laughs) And I do not cook. (laughs) But you never know. You just just have to have it just in case. (laughs) Yes, of course. 
gosh. Yeah. Um, so, if you, mm-hmm. so if you run into plantains in, in, in Athens, Georgia, you know what to do with them. Exactly. I have yet to do so, but I'm keeping an eye out. One of these days, <laughs> I'm going to find a plantain that is the right, that's at the right time because there's plantains here, but they're just um, because you're supposed to eat them or the way we cook them, you're supposed to get them when they're green, right? Green. Yes. Yeah. I can only find yellow here. Yellow. That's what people. That's what people think. They're plantains. like. Exactly. That's when they think that they're ready. I'm like, no, that's too much. I need them green. They just don't know. It's different. <laughs> it's not their fault. They weren't raised right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've, well, you when you were talking about finding different places, first in uh, Florida when we moved there and then to Chapel Hill, I think it's funny that you, <laughs> I think you and I have, we have a lot of similarities, but we have that too, where we just kind of we hear like something good about a place and then we're like, Oh yeah, we'll move there. Cause I kind of did that with Athens. I was just, yes. I think I, yeah, I came, I came to visit here once and then was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I'll move here. <laughs> I'll check it out. I'll see what's up. Yeah. And you made it your home. So, mm-hmm. you know, yes, uh, there, there's, I, I think that people could have more than one home. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Depending who is around um, uh, that place and what that place means to you. Yeah. What were your What did you think when I told you that I was moving to Athens after college? Again, I always what I always want is is your happiness and your sister's happiness. So uh, if 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 that was was making you know the thing is and the same way that you decided to move to Athens. I knew that if you didn't like it, then you will move somewhere else. So I wasn't really worried mm-hmm. about it uh, because I'm the same way. I, I have, as you know, I have moved uh, many, many times. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I live up in West Palm. I was before that in Sunrise. Uh, uh, so one of the things that I that I have always tried to do with the two of you is that it doesn't matter where you move, uh, you will be able to adapt to, to that place because you have the people skills uh, and the survival skills to 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 go anywhere and be comfortable uh, for whatever you live. So that's true. Well, we were brought up by the best. <laughs> <laughs> but did you think it was maybe? But you can be honest. Uh, did you think it was a little weird that after college I decided to move to like a small southern town <laughs> when all I had was a creative writing degree? <laughs> No, no, because I knew I knew that you girls really loved love North Carolina. You love mm-hmm. Chapel Hill, and I knew that uh, you always were talking about how much you like living in, in Chapel Hill. So I knew that uh, then uh, you will feel more comfortable in a small town setting uh, than a big city uh, or, or a place where it doesn't have any uh, not any soul, but it doesn't have any. Uh, feeling you know here in florida most neighborhoods look the same mm-hmm. uh so it's really hard to uh to 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 make any place special here but uh there's those towns like athens and like chapel hill uh, give you the opportunities uh, to see more people and to have a different type of life yeah I mean, yeah, I've been loving it so far. (laughs) 
I know. And yeah. now it's funny because when I moved, I was, a, I, yeah, I think I was the one that was living farthest away, at least, in, yeah, in the Guzman family. But now Miranda beat me now that she moved to Chicago. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> she always has to yes. one-up me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so but like... talking about home, it's weird because uh, every time that I go to Spain, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm walking around uh, and I go to all these other towns. Uh, this last time that I went to, to seven or eight different towns within uh, Spain. Uh, to me, for some reason, that also feels homey it feels comfortable and uh it, 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 uh, i'm i'm thinking of whenever i'm able to retire uh i, I might be retiring to, to to spain because for some reason over there i've been on, on my own the last couple of times and uh it feels it it, it calls you it, it feels like home yeah i definitely sense that the times that i've been there with you that um yeah, because we've lived in several places now. Yeah, so like Puerto Rico, Florida, and Spain, and like Madrid. And yeah, you always seem very comfortable in Madrid. Yeah, what do you think it is in Madrid, or maybe just in Spain, that makes you feel so comfortable and like that family connection there from grandma's side? Yeah, I think it's, 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 it's within your DNA, that the way they act, uh, the customs they have, uh, you know, in Spain, nobody goes directly from work. They don't go directly home. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody goes to the tapas bar uh, or they go somewhere to meet friends. So even though it had the word bar, it's not like the, the regular bar. You know, it's like a Tasca bar where people go and, and, and they meet. And, for example, on Mondays, uh, you go there and you meet your friends from high school. Mm-hmm. And then on Tuesday, you go with your colleagues at work uh, uh, to the tapas bar, to a different one. And then on Wednesday, you can go with uh, your wife and other couples to another tapas bar. And so every day, uh, you, you can share with, with all these different groups. So it's easier to, to, to have all these, these uh, uh, groups of friends. And it's easy to keep up with them because you see them face-to-face instead of uh, over the Internet. Because yeah. people do do take the time to 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 talk and to share and to spend time together, and that is something that I meet here in the U.S. Everybody's always on a rat race, going from one place to the next, and they don't really enjoy the simple things of life, like having a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, people in Europe they're more up to date on what's going on in the world not only in Spain. So conversations can turn quickly into talking about what is going on in Africa or what's the, about different things about art because there's so much art around uh, or music or you name it. Uh, so in 10 minutes, uh, you can have many different conversations and usually all at once. Mm-hmm. As you experience that with the family, that everybody's talking and, and you jump from one conversation with your cousin to the other, to a, a conversation with, with your aunt and stuff like that. So it's really, really interesting. Yeah, that is true. People tend to, even though there's this idea, at least in the U.S. at home, is when people say that word, the idea 
the first thing that pops up into people's minds, I guess, is like a house and a structure and a building. Uh, but I feel like in Spain, uh, I don't know, like the house itself or the apartment, really, because I think most people live in apartments, at least in the city. Uh, that's not really like the major spot. Like when I think of the times that we're in, that we've been in Madrid, I don't really think of the times we don't really hang out in that in the apartment much. We, we really are just like out and about in the city, exactly hanging out with family and friends. Yes. Always like that. Gosh. So you have because you're such a world traveler, you have actually have a couple of spots. So what I've been ask I've been asking a couple of people some of the same questions, and one of them is um, their favorite spot in their like in their home. But you have several different homes. So do you have a favorite spot either in um, your house now in West Palm Beach or in uh, or in Madrid? A uh, spot you you mean within the house or yeah a yeah place? yeah a spot yeah or even a place yeah why not the whole the world is your oyster. Well, the uh, the house that we just moved in uh, this past December, mm -hmm. uh, I love it because our backyard has uh, uh, all these trees that make it really cozy, and then we have the lake, and there's no one on the other side of the lake, so it's very private. Mm -hmm. There's always a nice breeze coming from the ocean. Uh, so, yeah, this house, um, uh, my favorite spot, is 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 that on the on our porch in the patio. It, it's a, a really a nice spot day and night because then at night we have these lanterns and solar lanterns mm -hmm. that turn on and make everything really cozy and nice. I don't know. Do you have any, I don't know. Do you have any last words? From, you've talked about it, I guess, a couple of times now. But... Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it might sound cheesy, but sometimes they say that home is where your heart is. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and like we have experienced, you can make home any place when uh, you feel happy and comfortable. Thanks for talking with me, Dad. I know that you were really busy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Miss Nina Guzman or Guzman. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I hope uh, this helps. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hopefully, I think it'll sound good. <laughs> okay, I'm sure we got love. some good sound bites. All right. I know you, yeah, I know you if, have work. If, if you need me, if you need me, uh, just let me know. I'll be there, okay? All right. I know. Okay. Love you, Te Dad. Te quiero. Te quiero, papi. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks to Nick Malice for our theme music. And a huge thank you to Madeline for letting us use her song that you heard at the beginning of this episode called Home to Me. You can follow her on Facebook, and if you liked what you heard, you can buy her music on iTunes or, hey, support your local record store and go to Wuck Street or Lo Yo Yo. Our team includes Jenny Alpa, Lauren Baggett, Nina Guzman, Robin McIntyre, Paul Oshinsky, Sydney Shadricks, Jake Troyer, and Alex Vanden Heuvel. And don't forget to subscribe to Athenia on Apple Podcasts so you never miss a new episode. This has been Athenia. Thanks for listening.